So check this out. One of my homies, uh, <laughs> she, I asked her if I could share this story. And this is an interesting, this is weird. I uh, asked her if I could share the story. She said, that's fine, but I should refer to her as Frank White. So I said, okay, I'll refer to you as Frank <laughs> Okay. All right. She has, <laughs> she has been inundated. And this is just, I think, this, I don't know if this is a thing of the pandemic or entrepreneurial spirit. Okay. Whatever you want to call it. All right. But she has been inundated with so many dick pics that she is now turning it into a business. She's literally been quote unquote, and this is her words, and she's shown me the receipts, ranking penises for money. <laughs> for money. So there are men out there that are so desperate for validation that they are giving money, money, to, yeah, to rank their penis. Listen, first off, I want to send whoever this is, and I have an idea who I think it is because this is some shit that I think that she would do. Uh, I won't mention her <laughs> name. As much oh, as wait I want a minute. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. I have a I suspect. I want to mention her name so bad. I have a suspect. Uh, I have a suspect. Yes. I, I want to mention her name because I, I believe this is something that she would do because I, she has that type of personality energy, that I yes. see men would take every action <laughs> that she does as flirtatious and they would use that as an opening because that's all it takes nowadays for a woman to be cordial on social media for dude to send him a dick pic i mean that's weird shit on the planet but anyway i wish her nothing but success i oh, want shit. her to Man, raise her prices i want her to charge these non-self-esteem bastards as son, much as fucking son, possible son i want her as, I, so i want her to open Man. a venture i want her to open a venture capital group if you need investors to get this to off the ground, please at Elgin Bailey. I will yeah, get, invest. Get in a this VPN. For I want these you to, get a VPN. I want you niggas. to rob these no self-esteem, no masculinity bastards of everything that they have. Take these weak, spineless, don't know what they are in their own life bastards to the cleaners. And I'm going to, matter of fact, I'm going to DM you when the show is over. And I'm only going to send a <laughs> laughing emoji. <laughs> yo, 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 I hope we're, I hope we're right. I hope we're right. I hope signs. we're right. I, I think I know who you guys think it is. <laughs> I think it is not that person. So I want to make sure. Oh, no, 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 no way. No way. Uh, no, I think it is this person. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I mean not that person. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She okay, has okay, this okay. hustler spirit. Yeah, she, she is. Has she, has, she has the attitude. She has the attitude. She has the attitude. She has the attitude. 
Yeah. Okay. It's not that person. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. Welcome. 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 <laughs> welcome to the In the Black Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know not to send dick pics. I am your host, Big Bro. Mr. In the Black himself. But you know, as usual, I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my photos. <sighs> Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? I'll say what's up, man. Oh my God! Listen, I, I, I'm I'm at a loss for words, man. Uh, I'm, how y'all doing, I'm man? T- I'm gonna tell I'm, her you said. That, I'm gonna tell that person you think it is that you. Oh, I hope you do. And make sure you ask her too. She can't be surprised. She can't be surprised. She shouldn't be. That's true. She she is she is like she has that energy. She has that energy. Yeah, no bullshit. She does. You know. Okay, L. But hold on. Anybody who would do it with her, you are literally asking for a full-blown circus in your DMs because she's going to clown you every which way she possibly so can. She's going to clown you ghostface style. Nigga, that's, that's just, emotional she is probably, damage. <laughs> bro, that's therapy style, right bro. there. That's therapy. You're going you to need at least a month of therapy after. Well, then again, y'all, might, y'all, y'all sick fucks might like that shit. Rat bastards. Go ahead. Oh, if I'm sorry. Show up, show up with pineapples and shit. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Finesse that thumbs up. It goes along. Make sure. You gotta finesse. She's finessing, niggas. You gotta finesse. She is. Finessing the fuck out of niggas. Hit thumbs up. It goes along. Way. Do white dudes too? I hope. Follow us across social media oh. at PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But if you want to become part of the family and get regular uh, off-the-cuff segments like the one that we just went through, make sure you go over to our Patreon and, oh, please, just tell them how they can join the family. Man, man please. First off, you can go over to our website, which is dope, www.intheblackpodcast.com. There's a number of things you can do there. Old shows, our current shows. Click the Become Family tab. On that tab, there's a few things you can do. Three specifically, you can buy swag. New swag is coming. We got some phenomenal shit that we're working on currently. If you want to donate directly to what we're doing here in building independent black media, not like (coughs) Roland Martin, you can go ahead and do dollar sign in the black PDCST straight to our cash app. But this is where you get some really fly and dope shit at, right? Is this is where you become a member of our Patreon. With the Patreon, you can get you get literally a full segment of pre-show material, our off-the-cuff series, which, dude, listen, we talked about pineapples and Queen of Spades tonight, just to <laughs> let you know. Uh, I don't tell you nothing. Uh, <laughs> you need to run on over there. But there's a number of tiers you can do. We really would appreciate that. And again, we're really trying to build something sustainable and strong because clearly you rap bastards need something better than what you guys are getting on CNN, Black News Network, uh, BET, Black Black News Network, Black News Network. Oh, it's the Black News Network. Yes, BNN. Side side note. Side, Side note. In Did you see what happened with them, though? Yeah. No. Okay, on. go ahead. I'll tell in, you. Side note: in, in their promotions, when they do their social media, their tagline is "informed and intelligent." I'm glad that I LLC this thing a long time ago. I'm glad you're so because they've only been 
up and running, not even less than a year, but they've had multiple sexual harassment allegations with their black, <laughs> their, their black employees. Excuse over there. me. Oh my God! Yeah, it's been nuts. It's been insane. They they won't be around by the end of the year. So sad. I can't stand it. How are you going to be a? Never I mind. I won't go on a tangent there. I just, I, I just again. I hate that. You can't do black women that way. Like I, I don't understand that for the I life of me. Why we do that to black women? I don't. I don't get it. But again, independent black media. Uh, it ain't a whole lot of us out here. You want to support the ones that are independent and black. And respect black. Women. And, yeah, uh, and respect black like women because they scared me. Like I, I don't know what to tell part. you. In that part. All right, we gave you guys the off the cuff segment tonight, so Whew. you're gonna have to deal with that shit. So there's no black box letter. So L, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Man, I really came I came across a story uh, that I thought was so incredibly uh, touching and moving. It's. It was on CNN, and the title of the article is uh, Last Parent of Child Killed in the Birmingham 16th Street Baptist Church Bombing Dies at 93. Maxine McNair, uh, if you remember, back in 1963 in Birmingham, Alabama, four little girls were killed in the 16th Street Baptist. And I think... Side note, whenever we talk about this story, we always talk about the four little girls that were killed, but we forget the fifth little girl, Sarah, who ended up blind and has had long-term health issues from that. But Miss Maxine McNair, she passed away at at 93. Uh, I just thought it was a really a way to bring this horrible under discuss story back to the light. Because when we talk about this particular story, we always reference four little girls. Most of us don't, unfortunately, most of us don't know the names of the four little girls, right? Uh, We don't remember uh, their names because it hasn't been something that has been ingrained in there. So, on September 15th, 1963, a dynamite bomb exploded at the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, killing 11-year-old Carol Denise McNair, uh, sorry, and 14-year-olds Cynthia Wesley, Adam A. Collins, and Carol Robertson. Uh, I think this is just a really phenomenal story. Uh, Rest in paradise, Mother Maxine McNair. Uh, Just one of those stories in our history in Black America where uh, even our children weren't safe and have not been safe underneath white terrorism. Uh, Just a phenomenal story. I know here recently that the story of uh, the, the, the young sister who integrated the schools who walked in the school that one picture where she's walking into school by herself and she's protected by 
the white national guardsmen and is always talked about in a way of she had more courage than many of us have today. Yeah, and Ruby I always Bridges. find, uh, yeah, Ruby Bridges, oh, how can I forget that? I despise that story and I don't want to get sidetracked, but Max, I despise that story because I don't like seeing this young little girl face with that sort of overt oppression which she had to deal with just i don't think that wouldn't have been my daughters i would not have allowed my daughters to go through that sort of situations by herself i i just mm -hmm. it makes me uncomfortable as a father mm -hmm. seeing that but i don't want to get sidetracked uh sister mother maxine McNair. thoughts I think that it's, to be very honest with you, just like you said, we always do end up forgetting the names of not just the victims, but of the families that were involved in that situation. And it just becomes this watershed moment only to sit as, at a superficial level to say that it happened without going into depth about, without going into depth or going into the minutia of what, what all surrounded the situation. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, you see that what ha that that bombing, though it is not exactly the same, it's still being perpetrated today. You can't tell me that there is that much of a leap from that Birmingham bombing to Tamir Rice, to nope. Jamal Crawford, to all of these countless kids that have become victims of the state. Trayvon. All while just Tray Trayvon Martin. All while just being and being being black kids. And when you revisit stories outside of the, the historical portion, which we're not going to touch again because we will continue to talk about CRT and it gets people's ass cheeks ruffled yeah. the fuck up. But on top of that, where it places you as a black parent that every single day your job is to protect and to properly rear your children. My dad used to always tell me that my prayer <coughs> is that whatever in life is coming to get you, to take you away from this earth, let it come and get me first. And that's the mentality that I take with my kids. And to think that there are places where you think your children are safe, in a park playing alone, at a store shopping for stuff walking home from the, the damn corner store in a church that they would be safe and they're not i can't even imagine the grief that the parents had at the time to think that something like that happens talk less about the things that tamir rice's mom is going through or um trayvon martin's parents are still going through or I forget the young man's name, the young boy that was killed in Florida when they turned his music up, Jordan something. I, and I, I apologize. When he was killed Davis. in Florida. Thank you, Jordan Davis, in Florida for turning his music too loud. I can't even, I can't even imagine that. One of the stories that I told my son, and my wife thinks that I'm too harsh, but I tried to talk to my kids in straightforward ways and tried to be as real as possible with them not as graphic, but as real as possible with them. My son asked me about why I was so concerned with him just walking by himself, 
going to school, catching the bus by himself, all of those things. And I said, it's not that I don't believe that you can do it, but all it takes is one second. All it takes is one moment in time for somebody, some idiot, some whatever, to take you away from me. And I don't know what this world is going to do with me after that happens. And I told him the story about how a young Jewish boy at the end of the school year had begged his mother to let him walk with his friends to go to school. And the mom typically drops the young boy off, but he begged his mom. He's like, it's the last day of school, mom, please. The school's only there. I'm going to walk with my friends. Please, 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 please. And she said, okay, I'm going to let you walk with your friends. This young boy was picked up by a pedophile, was raped, and murdered. And they found his body five days after the fact. And I will never forget the press conference where his mother was like, if I had just never let him do that by himself, if I had not relented and been a parent, this would have never happened. I would, I would still have my baby. Like I said, I can't imagine it. And you know that our children as black children face another layer of danger every single time they walk out of the house. Hmm? <sighs> Crush, go ahead, man. Yeah, Miss um, McNair, she uh, she was definitely a living testament to the to our true origins and existence in this country. Um, and it is, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate side effect of horror and, and, and tragedy uh, that we, uh, over time, we tend to gloss over the names involved. We just want to uh, get wrapped up in the emotion and the the, 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 the impact of that moment. But um, at the end of the day, what matters most are the lives lost and changed forever from such events. Um, the truths that they reveal about our society uh, still ring true today, unfortunately. Um, and you know, she uh, to me was like the like a refugee of an era, that um, that she, I guess, in a way, didn't quite escape, which is unfortunate to say. Um, I guess in a lot of ways, she she saw the progress you know that our country went through, and but she's also seen a number of our black children still get killed in the streets by police. Um, so I can only imagine how what that humanity feels like to her, you know, compared to what she went through back then. Um, I'm not even going to try to, but I can, I can only, I can only, I can only, I can only imagine a certain level of bitterness, you know, um, to think that you survived this, um, that you even got a chance to meet the first black president. And a month mm -hmm. later, and a month later, a grown man can be choked out in the street. And, uh, Killed in front of anyone, everyone, and get away with it. Um, I hate to put it in those terms because I know she must have experienced tremendous joy in her life as well, you know, and in that time, and in immense love and support um, from those that knew and, and held the truth, the truth close to their hearts as we went on and continuing our struggle. Uh, but um, I would like to think, I, I would like to think that she, uh, that she passed with a sense of hope for us all, you know. That's what I would hope that she felt for us, and, and not any more bitterness or pain for us. You know, um, agreed. 
Yeah, the, 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 the humanity. I don't. Can't, I wouldn't blame her. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she can you imagine what she felt when she saw Trayvon Martin. Like, mm. you imagine her children seeing that and knowing the stories that they grew up with. with you know, yeah. You know, it, it would. It would. It would. Be, the, the, you know, I would. I would not want to be at that age, angry at the world. You know, yeah. and I would feel, yeah. and, 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 and be part of this generation. I'll be partially responsible for that. Like we should be better. We should have done better. We like we, you know, we didn't. We survived. You know, you survived so we could survive, and we're still doing this bullshit. That's a heavy. It's a heavy burden to have to carry, too, right? Because as someone who's experienced it, you live through. Like these were innocent children who were doing everyday black Christian activities at a church. They weren't involved in any sort of activism. They weren't involved. They were just living life, right? So I think as the parent of that child, that adds another layer of anger, right? Like my child wasn't even involved in it. I just, when I, I saw the story, it was just heartbreaking because, you know, like Crush said, man, she's she's the last of a dying breed, man. She was ninety three. Here we get to that point. thing to be able to outlive your children that way, man. We're getting to that. That's point not the way you want to outlive your children. Yeah, not even. We're getting to that point. That era is. Let me, is I was about to, okay. That's that's a very good point. That's a very good point, Crush. Where do you, do you? And I don't want to turn it this direction, but I really am interested in getting your thoughts. Very often we talk about the old guard. They've lived a life that has built a foundation for many of us to be black, radical, progressive. Middle class. (laughs) I I guess you could add that too. But in the same token also, they're also the same mindset of people that in many ways are... <laughs> Come on. Some, sometimes sometimes impediments to progress. Compromise. And I look at somebody and I and I and I look Compromise. at somebody like Jim Clyburn as one of those people that very often will tell yeah. you that he is a child of the South and when he grew up it was segregation and all this other stuff. But then when you're trying to make big, bold, radical, progressive changes, he's the first person to come out and say, nah, we black people, we can't do that. Scared. You can't do that as black people. Yeah, scared. I don't want to go scared. that far and say that he's scared. It's a coward. That's that's how that's how it comes across to me. So he is compromised. You, as as we're as we're going through <laughs> this period where we are now starting to lose a lot of our our icons in the movement. Where do you think we go from here? How do you think we can, can we make it better? Is it a and no losing anyone is not necessarily a positive thing, but do you think we can make a positive out of the negative? Always, always, always. I mean, there, there's always there, there's always something to be learned, always something to be you know. There, you know, pro, you know, problems are just uh, opportunities without answers. You know, and we, uh, in the face of tragedy. You know, we're only we're only motivated to preserve their memory and everything that goes along with that memory. You know, um, what happens after that is hard to say. I mean, people are going to be people as time goes on. 
and what they believe in, what they want to stand for, what they want to carry with them as they go forward, you know, it's hard to predict. Um, but I would like to think there is a younger generation behind us that is just as motivated for uh, true equality and true distribution of wealth. Uh, I, I tend to be a on the fence with this, right? When I say on the fence, I am a critic of many within the civil rights generation, what I like to affectionately call the, the black misleadership class or the buffer class, the black buffer class, right? Uh, I'm, I'm critical of these folks, but at the same time, on the other side of the fence, I hold a level of admiration and respect for them because they did endure some things that many of us today have not and possibly could not endure, right? So there's that, that level of it. But at the same time, there's also ones who I think are outright uh, what I would call ancestor traitors, right? Such as a Clyburn and some of these other characters who have openly, and in and, 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 and my estimation, in my opinion, mm -hmm. intentionally compromised movements and opportunities to be radical and revolutionary. Those people I would call traitors to the movement. But there's other folks who I feel like you know, like Sister McNair, who, you know, she put her work in, like losing your child in that capacity, you get nothing but admiration from me. Uh, and then even if you do develop a level of... Exactly. Even if you develop a level that goes, that your politics are different than mine, right? That they may be more of a, you know, a keep hope alive type of perspective. I'm still not going to be harsh and judge you on that because of what you lost. Mm. I understand by what you lost could make you lean in that direction. But fuckers like Clyborne and some of these other, like Bobby Rush, who just passed away, <laughs> some of these other cats, I mean, who just retired, <sighs> the Congressional Black Caucus, some of them like... I those folks are outright, in my estimation, traitors to our ancestors because of their deliberate impeding of our politics and our, not necessarily our politics, but the direction we could be going because mm, they yeah. lead us in directions that yeah. are often to our detriment. So yeah. in those instances, I think it's a difficult narrative, but again, I think this is one of those conversations that must be had on a larger level and need to be had more often because we're so quick to call people a coon, but we don't deal with the underlying reasons and causes and put that in the context of why they have right. coon-like coon. behavior. You're right. You're yeah. right? I mean, uh, some yeah. people just coon because they want to get a bag. Some people coon because they're cowards and scared. Some yeah. people coon because they've been pushed in that direction through trauma and tragedy. So yeah. I think there's mm. a level of discussion that we can actually have that I think we have to get to have because we're doing ourselves a disservice if we just throw out coon and we don't offer context to that yeah. because you don't prevent the next coon from next coming coon up. From coming <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, there, there was definitely some uh, some caveats to take from our leaders at that Very time. Good point. You know, I mean, you know, they were still, you know, there was still, you know, there was still, 
I mean, we have to understand that the culture, the predominant culture that we're living in right now with the current worldviews that we have right now, we're not there back then. Like, and the problem is like the, 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 the desire for an evolved worldview was limited. It seemed like it was limited to my man, Malcolm. Um, <laughs> you know, the desire for a true world, for, for a wider worldview as we move from the 70s into the 80s, for example. Yeah. You know, yeah. seeing 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 sexual dynamics shift between men and women and seeing black women, you know, suddenly excel in education and and, and science. And, you know, these were these were things that the, that the movement weren't was not adjusting to. Mm-hmm. They were not adjusting to it. They were they were laser focused on the prize, our freedom. But True. this is in the context where they were still thinking of women as secondary. True. Sure. Where and again, where, where, where even where the, where the issues of education, I'm not even sure how deep they were going at that time, sure. or how how deep they could go as we as we can go sure. now. True, and I think when we look at it too, even with the points that Crush just made, which are absolutely excellent, those are part of a larger dynamic, right? Those provide context because there's always been a propaganda aspect of it that would force us. I mean. We even talk about hip hop and the way hip hop has been used for us to believe and view certain things. There's a propaganda arm. There's a a, a state military arm in the police that has gotten us to behave and to view things. I can't be mad at people who don't want to march and protest after they see George Floyd get, you know, murdered in that instance because there's a level of fear that you've been conditioned to see because it's been on a newsreel a hundred times you don't want your child to be involved so there has to be a level of grace and mercy but also understanding of the psychology of terrorism and how Mm. it affects us as a people and its its general purpose yep you're right and its purpose because listen it's it's really really important that we begin to be more and more gracious and understanding towards each other in our positions even when our politics differ and to the point where they become treacherous and ultimately damaging to our Activity, progress, yep. then yeah, we can begin yeah. to have some different conversations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that that level of apathy that that occurred after uh, after Martin Martin's death, um, I you know, my parents talked about it. Like the 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 it was the uh, the the energy was gone. Hmm. People were crying randomly. Sure. Um, it was a very it was it was tragedy. It was tragedy and terror on a level that my father didn't even begin to understand coming from another country. But then it began to sink in and scare the shit out of him. Like, wait a minute, I I can if I say something about being sure wanting to wanting to be regarded as equal and you'll kill me. Yep. Not my kid, not my child, not my daughter. Sure. That that was Makes that's sense, what was right. happening. That's the mentality that they were raising us with. True. You know, that, that, they did they, remember they, on the other side of the coin. Yeah. Because right as right after Dr. King got assassinated, young people took to the street and had rebellions across this country in so many cities because so there has always been this 
dynamic within our community, this class dynamic that we need to discuss more, this generational dynamic. So it, it makes sense that some of us wanted to protect our young people, but it also, I can't begrudge the other people that told their sons and daughters to go out in the street and stand up for what yeah. you believe in. Oh, we have to become, yeah. it has to be, and it doesn't have to be, right? I mean, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. it has to be. It has to be multiple paths to any solution that we do. There's no one all direction. No, no, it's just the one direction because if it had been one direction, we'd already got there. We would have found right? well, yeah, found I, mean, I mean, yeah, if you were, I mean, if, if the app, if, 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 we, if we got angry and sort of apathetic at that time, mm -hmm. um, then yeah. We're still we, afraid, but, right? We're yeah, still well, scared yeah. as hell. I mean, Malcolm and Martin like shook the fuck out of the cast in the seven. Yeah. We're still we're still scared as hell today. So we'll pull, we'll, pull, we'll pull out a we'll pull out a camera now to record, you know, behaviors that they do uh, as but a once defense. But we won't physically intervene, right? Yeah. We we still have a level of cultivated fear now because we're not recording to show our friends and family how we whoop this white dude's ass. We're recording to protect ourselves from an unjust system, unjust system, right? Hoping that if I have this recording, it's going to prevent me from going to jail. Which in yeah. nine times out of ten, that shit doesn't work. Doesn't but we still have that. a level of fear. And it makes sense. Everywhere we look, we've been cultivated to be fearful. Yeah. I'm yeah, not mad thus, at you. Thus Cop City. <laughs> yeah, right. And thus Cop City. <laughs> All right, Crush. What do we have next, man? Um, well, ironically enough, um, it's hard not to dovetail uh i had to i had to find this this article stuck out to me after the discussion we had about cop city last uh in the last episode about uh some research that was conducted um by this clear uh by the uh by the emeritus professor of sociology at stanford university susan olzak uh, where she has found tangible evidence that protests have led to a, de a decrease in police killings now the result, they said the results were clear that at least where the issue was local in terms, uh, in terms of Ms. Olzak said that, or Dr. Olzak said that her study of America's 170 largest cities between 2000 and 2019 found that street protests were followed by declines in officer-involved fatalities of black and Latino individuals, though not for whites. In fact, their empirical analysis indicates that just one protest in a given, in a given city will reduce black fatalities by 11% and Latino fatalities by 7% in the following year. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Especially in the wake of, I guess, uh, Atlanta's, uh, Atlanta's, uh, you know, real estate mm. madness. <laughs> Go ahead, Al. Oh I had, man, I had to, I had to pull this up right after this cop city shit. I was like, yeah. no, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fitting, right? I, I believe strongly in taking to the street. I believe strongly in protesting with intent mm -hmm. and when i say protesting with intent protesting with a plan a course of action and a demand i don't believe in protesting just because i'm outraged and angry i think that can be dangerous and can do more harm than good so when i think about the protests that i've seen and the rebellions that i've seen after George Floyd and pre-George Floyd, there is a growing level of 
organization amongst young people across the country who are organizing pre and post these traumatic trauma filled tragedies to prepare the community for what is, is going to happen and what possibly can happen and how to respond to it. So they're not just going out to the streets, ladies and gentlemen, to yell and scream and saying no justice, no peace. They're going out there demanding action and things taking place. And in many of those cases, they're demanding, you know, uh, review boards, they're demanding defunding, they're demanding, you know, cops be arrested. They're, they're going and getting the demands met, but they're purposely going out there with demands. And I think there's a little bit of a distinction that we've seen with George Floyd than we saw maybe with Trayvon, right? Because I think Trayvon, Trayvon was that one that really pushed us over the limit. I think that would be the spark for many radical revolutionaries. Now, Trayvon would have been that one little kid, non-law enforcement, minding his own business, great kid, all those things. We see ourselves in those situations. But I think the one thing that I thought this report didn't touch enough on was the fact of what the protests are bringing to the table in the form of demands and how these protests are getting these demands met. I know organizers and activists who've been protesting in specific areas with the same demand since George Floyd's death. So they've kept up that level of longevity with that same lasered focus to get those particular demands met. And they may not never get it met, but they have a concrete plan. And you know, I've talked about it a hundred times. I despise protesting without a plan of action. If we're going to do it, let's have a purpose and let's go out there. So I think that's the one thing. It's not surprising that data, but I wanted to see more from it what demands have these organizers made to get those things met? She did point out the irony that you know eight states passed anti-protest laws last year, like like Ron and said. more, and there's more on the books. I thought one of the interesting things is maybe I missed it, okay, and I'm I'm willing to say that it's it's possible, but I did not see the actual numbers. Right. It just made reference to that. There's been, quote unquote, large changes. Now, what is large, large into comparison to what we were getting before? That's subjective. And that we see in many of these instances, when you see small pushback from citizenry, we always get those margin, those changes around the margin, nothing large. And in the process of going through these marginal changes, the system finds a way to counterbalance those small changes. All the time. Every single time. All the time. Every single time. One of the reasons why we always talk about culture and policy and how culture matters so much is just as important, if not more important, than policy is. So I would have liked for them to have actually put the number so we could say, okay, is this really big changes or not? Right? Mm. Part of me also felt like it was 
I don't want to say a fluff piece because that's not necessarily their fault. They're really just trying to advocate for the the changes it, being made. It, it did feel very. It did feel very uh, qualitative rather than quantitative as a study. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it seemed like they very were just trying to. I'm, I'm. I want to see outside of just seeing the numbers. I also want to see the the counter the counter to that to see to get some sort of evidence not just of the changes that have happened now but like l has already indicated what and what are the other troubles coming down the pipeline that are coming to counter that because those come fast and furious and before you know it all of those changes these marginalized these changes around the margins that we keep talking about like the body cams and all that other stuff yeah. will essentially be negated yeah yeah, You're not going to yeah. tell me, okay, well, we're, you know what we're going to do? Because we want an independent board to do these investigations when there's a police shooting. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to pay for that independent board. We're going to give the, the police department that money so that they can do put together the board. And then the police department puts together this quote-unquote independent board of folks that they know that are essentially going to rule in their favor. We see this in municipality after municipality. Or you say we're going to give you these monies to go ahead and do X, Y, and Z, and then the police department holds on to that money and say, well, because there are shortfalls and X, Y, and Z, this is the reasons why we haven't implemented these changes, these policy changes yet. Sure. And then people and forget the about that it and then done. you never get the changes. One of the things that we've done is we've underestimated the enemy, right? We go into it thinking that the solution that we have, they haven't thought of that already. Facts. So one of the things that we tend to do when we're investigating police involvement activities of whether it be abuse, assault, or misconduct. You're, 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 being, very, you're being very clean about it. I thought you were going to take a very Kwame Ture point of view because he was like, we always well, it depends on it depends on which Kwame we talking about. When you're talking about Kwame, you know, about old Kwame. Kwame yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be I'm trying to be older Kwame these days. Man. Okay, this, well, I mean. even older Kwame would still say <laughs> we think that we think that the man is human just like us and expect oh, us yeah, to yeah, see yeah. our humanity, and they're not. No, and that's but, what you're, and, being, and, you're being very gentle we, about it, and I'm surprised. And we talk about that all the time, right? The, how we tend to continually try to morally and spiritually convict this system to change by educating them and diversity, equity, inclusion, these fuckers to death that somehow, some way, that's going to tip the scales. And listen, I, I despise that whole fucking thing. I got stories to tell about it that. Maybe I'll tell another time. But I think the one thing that we we fall short of is that we don't realize that these fuckers have already thought five or ten steps ahead after they've murdered us. They've already put things in place to make it difficult for you to get the body cam, for you to get, you know, to, to get any information to they already have lawyers put in place already on standby for when one of these fuckers do this so they're already represented while we got to go hire a lawyer and get one their lawyers have already filed the paperwork to prevent you from getting any sort of evidence because that's the culture and the nature of a monster that's what lions do in the fucking pride right lions mark their territory and protect it with a certain sort of motif so you know when that lion roars what that means it's the same, it's it's a horrible ass system that we have to do better in educating it. 
it, we, we just have done such, and we, the one story that I shared with you guys a while ago about the illiteracy rate among people in America, it was just like, okay, that makes so much sense. It's low as shit. It makes sense that we still fall in these same sort of traps. We're not reading enough. We're not having enough open discussions. We haven't done a good enough job of cultivating spaces where we can express our differences of opinion without it being divisive and us wanting to separate from one another. So, you know, like fucking ADOS and FBA and these other idiots out there who argue and debate back and forth about some one individual of, you know, African descent that did some horrible things. So they want to label all of, oh, you know, yeah. the people on the cut. Co- yeah. Whatever. Whatever. It's a very Whatever. interesting thing. Whatever. There's a recent study that was done by the Brookings Institute and a there's a uh, reporter from the Philadelphia Inquirer that did an article and is writing a book about it. Basically how the American system intentionally has attacked not only education, but specifically civics education. The studies were showing that after No Child Left Behind, math and math and science stats went up and then plateaued. But at that same period, over the same period, the study in in uh, civics has declined dramatically, probably worse than any other country in the world. And they stopped teaching it. Not even that they just stopped teaching it, but that it was an intentional. It was an intentional movement from the conservative end of the uh, of our. Um, our democracy because of how effective secondary education was in building up the black radical movement in colleges. It's not it, not anymore. Not it's not it's not anyway. So it's, it's but it's, we don't we don't talk enough about not, how not, education is a part of the state apparatus. We still believe that education schooling is an independent piece where you can go and gain liberation through it, not realizing that all of these schools, HBCUs, PWIs, public schools, private schools, charter schools, are all arms of a state apparatus teaching you what this country wants you to believe. So you want to be mad at CRT when your kids has been learning that Columbus has been, you know, <laughs> just discovering America for the past 20 years, but you mad right. at CRT. Like right. <laughs> all your kids know a doctor, you know, for Black History Month is Harriet Tubman. Dr. King in the air or Dr. King's and, I have and, a dream. And Rosa Parks. But you want to be mad now about them. I anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right, right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. Crush, what's up, man? Man, I just want to uh, send a shout out to everybody and uh, please uh, stay safe out there. Uh, you know, Omicron is very real. This stuff is circulating a lot in my state and uh, my region. And, um, you know, just uh, get vaccinated, get boosted. Uh, and, uh, you know, please uh, you know, stay safe. And uh, if you are sick, stay home. Um, you know, if you're if you're vaccinated, it won't be that bad except for the lazy part. Um, so please, uh, yeah, I hate that shit, man. Um, so yeah, Omicron's real. Take it serious. Oh, what's up, man? I just want to say fuck you to two people. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> go, go. Jay-Z and Will Smith, uh, particularly. Okay, and Jay-Z and Will Smith have come together to produce a movie on ABC 
I'm not even going to give the title because I don't want people to particularly to watch it, right? I don't want to give them any publicity. But they produce a movie that is going to be essentially about Emmett Till's mother and how she navigated and battled all throughout life after Emmett Till's lynching. I despise the idea that we are producing this type of media. And I despise it because I don't know what the intent behind it is outside of her giving some sort of entertainment. I don't think this shit is entertaining. I don't think there's anything enlightening about these stories. If And, and part of it is I should be angry with myself also because I'm looking to hold Jay-Z and Will Smith to a radical revolutionary standard as if these two motherfuckers have the audacity or the capability to present or create radical revolutionary material. So I really should be angry at myself for having that sort of expectation of these two motherfuckers. But I just don't, I don't like this type of stuff. And I find it fascinating how fast it came out in light of the white woman who lied uh, recently died. She took too fucking long to die, by the way. She should have died a long time ago. I don't know what God was taking so long for to take her ass and drop her off down below. But anyway, I just I just think it's really fascinating how we push this type of narrative out in light of that recent news of her death. I hate it. So to both of them dudes, fuck y'all and do better. I, 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 I don't see the premise how, how do they how do they even sell that? Well, it's oh, it was that, a book, that, it was a book not... written. It was a it book. was a book written. Yeah, it's a book written. Uh, how Emmett Till's death propelled, who led and propelled the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. which but... is disingenuous and not historically accurate. Did his his lynching play a large factor in the civil yes. rights movement? But, yes. But where but does his I mother's story fit me, into this? The stand, the, the, it has to be what data are you using to determine whether it propelled and let it? How, how are you measuring that? And, and, and why are they focusing and why are they trying to focus through the lens of his mother, of the, of the aftermath of his mother's life? I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why that I believe that I've been yelling about for a while. One of the things that they always do is they propel black moms to the forefront and to the spotlight when we are killed black men are not given the same level of and this is something that draws it's, people it's, it's in. a strategy it's well, always it's a strategy there's some marketing boy that they use yeah. is, is, is there really a story here that we want to see i mean right. it's going to do great I mean, numbers it's, it's, it's going to be it's, yeah it's it's going to it's going to do great numbers that's a very good way to put it it's going to do great numbers it I, I i don't have a i don't have a what's up tonight man um you guys have thank God. You guys go <laughs> <laughs> check on your wife, man. Take uh, yeah, man. You, man. Got, you got kids, you gotta get some dicks out, man. You gotta get, out, man. Yeah, you gotta get out chicken go soup ahead and, and, and yeah, man, get you get a, a shout or two of Elijah brothers. Craig and, and Epsom salt, <laughs> orange <laughs> juice by the gallon. Know. I'm gonna get your foot to, rub on, put on two masks. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, gonna rub, I'm gonna rub some Vicks in it. You're gonna need that, that microfiber bonnet. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That microfiber yeah, of course. It's very uh, yeah, very, uh on that. goggles too, goggles too, because you know. <laughs>
Your wife will spill some of that Vicks and drink some some Uncle Remus. Wife's gonna spill it at one point. What's up, bro? Where can people find you if they want to find you, bro? (laughs) Man, y'all can check me out as usual on Instagram. I'm at SP Methods, um, or even check me out on SoundCloud. I got a few new things up there, and uh, we got a few new things coming out this year. So, uh, you know, go check me out that. No doubt. L, where can people find you, man? At Elgin Bailey across all social media platforms. Yes, you cowards, you can stop hiding. You can stop. You can stop running at Elgin Bailey. <laughs> hey, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Elgin Bailey. Don't be scared. Where's your address in the metaverse, man? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you bought a few acres. Rap Bastards 2022. <laughs> <laughs> that metaverse shit is the biggest fucking thing Like Bitcoin. People, go ahead. People go, people gonna make some money. I'm though. buying land in space. People gonna make some dude. I'm telling you, and before you know it, in, in, in Ghostland. I'm buying Ghostland. In six years, it's going to be Ready Player One. You're not going to leave your house. You're going to be living virtually, my guy. I'm telling you. So I'm at one point in my life, I want to tell myself I am living. I am living on this acre of digital land. I'm living there. I want to be living there in my mind. Hey, hey, whether you whether you think it's legitimate or not, you better invest in it now while it's still young, so that you guys I mean, can become rich. I mean, bro, we we, we both saw Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. We saw that SEO. Listen, shit. I'm I'm S- trying to tell S- you that SEO shit. Now, yeah, that would be some fly shit. No, Listen, no, no, no bullshit. The, the, the fake I'm not version. Paying there's I forget what the name of the world is. And before we close it out, real quick, the fake version of New York City in Manhattan in this virtual metaverse? place that's going into the metaverse, right? Recently, has been selling for thousands and thousands of dollars. Like literally, people are buying plots of land in this virtual place. So if you bought it, you know what? Like two or three years ago, you know when nobody was thinking about I have it. A, you've I have made a, some change. Something tells me the key, the linchpin to this is ads. Dude, no, it's it's ad space. It's going to be I think very buying ad space. Yeah, they're fucking buying ad space. And think about it, all of the they're major companies. Ad space. Every major company is investing in the metaverse right now. Nike, Louis Vuitton, they're Gucci, trying to buy all of them. Proprietary ad space. Hey, hey. So, I'm so telling you, so figure it out. Proprietary ad space. Wow. I'm That's Big crazy. O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black. I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been any where else in the world but you chose to kick it with us and we appreciate you make sure you follow us across social media at in the black pdcst on facebook twitter and on instagram come over to our patreon you will not regret it so you can get some of that behind the scenes content uh but as always until next time informed intelligent in the black in the black black. peace peace This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. Fredericks, what up? I 
Your brother black up me, Bertrand. Listen. In the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. He don't like that, the fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't raw, the whole whack. It falls, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Resting them my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he, bro, man, a specialist. No what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said, they're my cheat. Who no need so effortless? I listen them, I learn, man, them listen them, I benefit. Reporting, current event, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, a scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence. In your house, like your tenement, listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with melanin, power that's so unsettling. Bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desolate. In the black podcast, like your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, they fucked up. Who looks like watch black up here, chat me, young flop. In the black podcast, like your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, we all lost. They will let them count, none of them will count. Yes, it's like that, Yeah, man, I'm so glad you're gonna be gone. Stay in the black himself. What up, DJ? Oh, no. This is... This is...